Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging. Maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Amen. I want to turn your attention to Galatians chapter 5. I plan to start each of these with Psalm 119, 130. And I want to read that again as you're turning to Galatians chapter 5, Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Now, for those of us that like lists, and I mentioned this last week, and maybe it was a little bit of a, a setup and a help here, I'm going to do something that is tough for me by nature, but I'm going to address fruit of the spirit or these attributes out of order tonight. And so, if that's going to bother you, I'm going to want you to pray special here in just a moment because tonight. I'm going to focus in on peace and faith, peace and faith, and we're going to talk about faithfulness and faith. So I want you to pray with me as we move forward in our series on tipping the scales. Last week, we talked through the works of the flesh and then the contrast beginning in the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to pray with me that we might receive in his house from his word. God, we love you. We've prayed for those that are sick. We've given you thanks for what you have kept and what you're doing. And now we pray, Lord, that you would allow your word in our time studying and working through the text and these two specific attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, that they would minister to us here tonight, that they would get beyond our ears and into our minds and into our hearts and be lived out through the desire and the instruction of your word. We ask it in Jesus' name and let everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to someone and give them a big smile. Do your very best and tell them these words. Be peaceful. Be peaceful. If you've told someone, you may be seated. And if you haven't, to keep the peace, you may be seated. Pretty famous Christian author by the name of Max Lucado wrote a book entitled, When God Whispers Your Name. He tells the story there of a man named John Eglin who had never preached a sermon in his life. It wasn't that he didn't want to, he just never needed to or had the opportunity, but then one morning he did. The snow left his hometown there in England, buried in white. He awoke on that January Sunday in 1815, 
He thought of staying home. Who would go to church in such weather? No one's going to show up. But he reconsidered. He was, after all, a deacon. And if deacons didn't go, who would go? So he put on his boots, his hat, his coat, and he walked the six miles. Remember that story your grandparents would tell you? This is that story. <laughs> he walked the six miles to the Methodist church. He wasn't the only member who had considered staying home. In fact, he was, the, he was one of the few who came. Only 13 people were present, 12 members and one visitor. Even on a snowy day, they got a visitor. Even the minister was snowed in. Someone suggested we should probably all just go home. Eglin would hear none of that. They had come this far, they would have a service. Besides, they had a visitor, a 13-year-old boy. But who was going to preach? Eglin was the only deacon that was there. It fell to him, and so he did. His sermon lasted three minutes. Now, before you get too excited about that, it drifted and it wandered. The way the story reads, his three-minute sermon drifted and wandered, and I've wondered how it had time said it made no point in an effort to make several. But at the end, an uncharacteristic courage settled upon the man. He lifted his eyes and he looked straight at that boy and challenged him and said to that visitor, young man, look to Jesus. Look, look, look. Did the challenge make a difference? Let the boy, now a man, answer as the story records I did look, and there the cloud of my heart lifted. The darkness rolled away, and at that moment, it was as I saw the sun. The boy's name, the young 13-year-old, was a gentleman who would become pretty famous as England's prince preacher, Charles Spurgeon. You never know who you're speaking to. So when you speak, speak on behalf of God and not yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell that story at the beginning of this lesson on the fruit of the Spirit with our first topic and attribute being that of peace because I'm going to tell you if we as members of the body are not speaking peace, who do we think will speak peace? I would ask everyone in the room to do an introspection right now and ask yourself a question. When I walk into a room, do I bring chaos or peace? <laughs> Some of you are like, well, very, I'm peaceful. I'm very peaceful. You better say I'm peaceful. <laughs> do you bring peace? Well, I will tell you that we serve one who is the prince of peace. The Greek word, irene, oneness, quietness, rest, it means harmony, concord, security, safety, prosperity, felicity, the joining together of two things that had previously been ripped apart. How many have found that in the power of the Holy Ghost, He is able to mend that which the world and even sin has tried to rend and make feel useless and divided? But the Holy Ghost is the great unifier and the fruit of the Spirit puts that on display. William Barclay in his, uh, the book that we were reading there, one of the uh, books in the study, the 
Greek word, irene, has two interesting usages here. It, it says, and you'll see on the, the screen, it was used of the serenity which a country enjoyed under the just and the beneficent government of a good emperor. I'm sorry, I'm struggling to see my words a little bit. I need this font to be just a little bigger. I'm going to change it. And it was used of the good order of a town or a village. Villages had an official who was called the superintendent of the villages. He was, watch this, the keeper of public peace. Let me ask you a question. At your work, when you walk into that environment and your cubicle sits next to somebody who does not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you walk in full of the Holy Ghost, who do you think is bringing peace to the workplace? I'm, I'm, I'm asking this sincerely. It's, it, it's a little bit rhetorical, but I, I do want you to hear it. If you're the person that in every scenario you walk into, that scenario seems to be contentious, you might need self-reflection. If you find that there is an argumentative nature every time you're with so-and-so, well, it's either probably you or so-and-so. And so if you quit hanging out with so-and-so and now it's you and this other one, it might be you. Wait a minute, you, are you saying that if I have the Holy Ghost that I don't have the right to have a strong personality? There's a difference between having a strong personality and being a person that cannot bring peace. You can be strong all day long and still bring peace to the situation. I would tell you our world is woefully lacking in peace. The peace on earth that we're about to celebrate, they have tried to evict Christ, and Christ is the one who brings peace. And I give us a tall task on this night when I teach the fruit of the Spirit, starting with peace, when I tell you the old thing, maybe you heard as a child, you might be the closest thing to Christ anybody sees this week. How many remember hearing as a child even, you might be the only Bible they read? Come on, I don't want to dumb this down, but I do want to make sure we remember you might be, acts to them might be your words, might be your lifestyle. Somebody's sick and you say, well, let's pray. You might be the pages unfolded through your humanity. I'm going to tell you, you can speak peace when everybody else, whether it's a family, I deal with family dynamics with different individuals all the time and they want to draw, listen, when there's a family dynamic, they want to draw you in, want you to pick a side. Why don't you argue on our side? Why don't, how about you don't argue on anybody's side? Don't, don't pick a side. You're going to end up bloody in this thing. If you want to pick a side, pick the Lord's side. He's a unifier. Choose peace. Peace. The Hebrew, shalom. How many have ever heard that word said before? Shalom. Shalom. Peace was important theological concept to the children of Israel. Their word for it being shalom. Peace or shalom saturated every area of their culture from worship to business to personal relationships. I want to say that again. It saturated every part of the culture from worship to business 
to personal relationships. I know this is elementary, but because we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, I want to make sure we don't think that fruit of the Spirit is seasonal. <laughs> uh, it's not really a time of year for me. <laughs> It's not a seasonal thing. It's the fruit of the Spirit. But it's also not relegated to a particular part of my life. Well, when I'm the one leading worship, I'm going to have a good, peaceful spirit. Well, when me and my spouse are getting along, I'm going to have a good, peaceful spirit. Well, when work is going well. Now, listen, from worship to business to personal relationships, we should be people that are helping to be the peacekeepers people that are helping to speak peace and bring peace and show peace. But the good news is I'm not putting that on you. I'm putting that on the Holy Ghost. And trust me, the Holy Ghost can handle it. I can feel it from some of you even here tonight. Like, man, am I, that's what I'm supposed to do. No good news. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got the ability to be peaceful. How many in here, now don't look at them if they're here. But you know people that without the Holy Ghost, I know some people, I got people in my family that without the ghost, woo, I've said it myself before, I don't want to know me without, don't say amen too loud, I heard you say amen, <laughs> get me in trouble. No, no, no. Listen, it's the truth. There's not a guy in this room that you can, there's not a gal in this room that really can be the best version of what you are. But even peaceful, listen to this, even peaceful if you're peaceful in your temperament and your humanity, what you are and who you are through the power of the Holy Ghost is different. It's different. You are natural. It is supernatural. Maybe turn to somebody and tell them you're supernatural so you should act like it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them they didn't say that very peacefully to me. I, I. <laughs> Completeness, harmony, fulfillment. In nearly two-thirds of its occurrences, peace describes the state of fulfillment which is the result of God's presence. Think about that. You have the ability to portray the presence of God in a scenario just through letting the fruit of the Spirit be on display in your life. I walked in a hospital room today, first thing this morning that should have been chaotic. Brother Muse, there should have been people sobbing and crying, but I walked in, the, I walked in that room and felt the Holy Ghost. In fact, in front of everybody gathered in the room, I said, I feel the Holy Ghost. And you could feel, and they said, we feel it. We feel the, bear the witness in that room. You know how it displayed itself? I felt the peace. I felt the peace of God. And it passed understanding. We knew the surgery that was only just upcoming. And yet in spite of the surgery and in spite of the report, we knew who was there. We were thankful for the doctors that were there, but we felt the great physician in the room. Brother Fable, what you were talking about, those angels, I know what the report said, 
But it's something about what is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And when the fruit of the Spirit gets to working in unity, there was a whole room full of believers. And I'm, I, 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 part of me hates to use the, such a personal illustration, but my friend would want me, Brother Turner would want me to use this right now, this illustration. We're standing in that room and all those unified believers, please catch this, that if one person had wanted to be standing there or sitting there speaking negative, they wouldn't have fit in. They would have been drowned out by the positivity and by the peace. You've got to make sure that you do not allow yourself to get surrounded with people that are peace killers. That speak and dissolve peace. And I, here's one thing I do hope. While we can bear one another's burdens and we can encourage one another and we can cry together. If you got to weep, I just preached it last week. If you need to weep, we're going to weep with you. If you rejoice, we're going to rejoice with you. And so we're going to bear each other's burdens and we're going to allow each other to be where they're at. But we are not going to let you be bitter with the gang, we were just talking about this the other day, Mara, with Ruth. We're not going to allow you to be labeled as bitter. We're not going to allow you to stay in that place because the enemy wants to get you. Think of this. The enemy wants to get you, an individual full of the Holy Ghost, supposed to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit and having peace on display. He wants to get you into a place and surrounded in an environment where peace is constantly being depleted. Therefore, we need people full of the Spirit that in any situation can begin to speak the peace of God and the life of God and the unity of God. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Yes, it matters. And, and peace is necessary. The fruit of the Spirit called peace brings harmony and wholeness to our relationships with God and with one another. Listen, we've got to have peace with God and with one another. With God and with one another. But I will tell you that if this isn't at peace, this will be make-believe peace. John chapter 14, 27, peace, I leave with you my peace, I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, not as the world giveth. How many know the world tries to peddle peace? Not as the world giveth, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isaiah chapter 9 and 6. For the believer, our leader was declared by the prophet Isaiah that he is the prince of peace in Isaiah chapter 9 and 6. And John would later record these words of Christ in John 16 and 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. Everyone say peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Why are we having this tribulation? Because we're in the world. It's what we preach Sunday, but we rejoice. We rejoice, why? Because we're in Him and He in us. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, if you're marking scriptures if you're highlighting or you're writing them down to go back later or you can find them on the notes, Philippians 4 and 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, preacher, you just want us to have some kind of a blanket peace. No, I don't. I want you to have a holy peace. 
And not only do I want you to have that holy peace, Brother Stoner, I want you to be able to display that holy peace to someone else. How many know that when you can display peace in this troubled world, it is like that Matthew 25 city that's set on a hill. It is that light that is obvious and evident. Hear me now, when everybody else is panicking, Brother Vite, when the world is panicking over the wars and the rumors of wars and the trials and the dynamics, we are meant to be men and women of peace. If you're frantic by nature, if you're more nervous by nature, if you're one of those pe people that's always on edge, again, I'm not speaking against your personality, but when you allow your personality to cripple your spiritual man. Okay, it's a little heavy, but I'm going to go after it. You better either A, cut down on the coffee, <laughs> or B, ask God to help you reign in your emotions that are trying to cripple your ability to bear the fruit of the Spirit and allow peace to be on display in your home. Let me talk to every, let me talk to every spouse in this room, especially those of you that maybe you got small children still right now. You got children, you can walk in the house. You ever step on a Lego? Woo! <laughs> My God. You ever walk in? You ever, you, you ever show up in a situation where you're ready to lose it and ready to lose it on your kids? One thing that is a tough challenge for us because we're all normal is we have to remember that what we display, what we display as the adults full of the Holy Ghost is what we're asking them to replicate. It's what we're teaching them to replicate. And so we've got to be careful that whether the situation is chaotic or not, we do not take action fast. Brother Lopez uh, and I, he, he will tell you, and I've maybe mentioned this before, Brother Lopez, let's talk about this in front of everybody real quick. If I'm ever really upset about something, what do you know is going to happen? <laughs> it's going to be at least two days before I talk about it. He knows. Personally. It was only from his first month on the job, so it's only been one time. And he came to me after that. Or is this okay? I'm going to share this story. I've maybe shared it before. If not, here we go. And it was three or four days later, and we talked about it. And I said, I just want to bring up. And I talked about him, and he was kind of dumbfounded when we got done. And he looked at me, and he said, we've had meeting after meeting after meeting since then. How is it possible? You haven't seemed irritated in any of those meetings. I had to tell him, I know me better than you know me. And I know that I'm not the best version of me unless I give adequate time. Better be careful how quickly you say something recklessly to your spouse, to your employee, to a coworker, to a friend. Hear me now, to a child, because their smile might return, but your words will live on in their ears. Some of you are grown adults under the sound of my voice right now, and you could reach back to 14 to what they said to you. Ooh, man, I just felt something move in the room. Feel this awareness. So, so why do I take this time? Why did I take that time? You know why? Because naturally, that's not who I am.
Naturally, I wanted to have a talk right then. But I have learned, Brother Ranking, I have learned if I handle, if I handle the situation in that very moment, I'm not the peaceful version of me. And God has had so much grace and mercy with me that I want to step back and I want to pray and I want to say, God, give me wisdom. Has anybody besides me ever found out you're not near as mad the next day? Then why don't you just give it one day? Because I'm even less. How many know that 90 plus percent of your marital fights... <laughs> would have been so much better if you'd have just given it time. Now, I don't mean go get in your car and drive away and say, Pastor said give it time, okay? You're not getting off. <laughs> I felt that. I'm, I'm going to address that. Pastor said I needed time. I'll be back in two days. <laughs> I saw a little meme the other day that, that this couple was just there. Their eyes were all dark. And the meme said, we told each other we'd never go to bed mad and we haven't slept in the last 48 hours. <laughs> you got to be careful that we don't bring dissension to relationships. And, and hey, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to make sure that while the Holy Ghost is trying to bring peace, we're not the agents that are working against it. To be used for God, we, we need to make sure that we are yielding and producing and sharing the peace of God's spirit. Worry, somebody needs to write this down in your notes or in your phone. Worry and peace are not friends. If you're under the sound of my voice and you are worried all the time, that is a lie of the enemy to steal your rest, to steal your focus, to steal your attention. Mm. Godly peace will do the following. It'll replace anxiety with direction. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Godly peace will affect the way you deal with anger. Ephesians 4 and 26. Godly peace will bring calm during a season of stress. How many can testify that to be true? 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. In the United States, 30 million men describe themselves as being stressed out. Stressed out. You know, over 18 million Americans today are taking antidepressant Prozac alone. They're making a lot of money on people's, well, pastor, wait a minute, don't get, a, don't, some people need it. If people need heart pills, people might need depression. I'm not, I'm not going after, I'm coming after this thought that unless we let the world prescribe something, we can't have peace. Because I'm gonna tell you at the end of the day, whatever you need and whatever you have to work through medically is one thing. But ladies and gentlemen, there is no substitute for the Holy Ghost. There is no substitute for the Holy Ghost. I feel a little conviction in that statement right now. I'm going to say it again. There is no substitute for the Holy Ghost. 
I remember reading years ago about the universal church, the way that they, they celebrated Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday in one of the churches. They would carry in these fresh green leaves to show new birth. I was, I was so enamored by uh, reading about a church. They would take all these rose leaves to the ceiling, and in order to celebrate Pentecost, they would open the net and let these rose leaves drop. It was supposed to symbolize cloven tongues like as a fire. Ladies and gentlemen, aren't you glad we don't have to pretend or make up some imagery, but we know people are still being filled? How many know he's still taking sins away? He's still cleaning up hearts and minds, and he is filling people. I mean, he's filling people up full. People that were depressed are feeling strengthened. People that are overwhelmed are all of a sudden feeling secured and you want to know something? I'll tell you how to have a good week. Find one of the new converts around here on Sunday. Talk to them for a few minutes. If you've, if you've just in case, now maybe this isn't anybody. I'll close my eyes so no one thinks I'm looking at them. But just in case church has got stale for you, find you some of these new converts that'll tell you, I was addicted to alcohol, I was addicted to smoking, our family, our marriage was at the point of divorce, but we came to this church. I had somebody not long ago say, I never felt that before. What did they feel? The power of the Holy Ghost. It's real. It's true. It's, and it's peace. It's peace. It's, I can't overemphasize this. It's peace. Why does that matter? If your home is not peaceful, you have to evaluate the why. If your home's not peaceful, you better ask the question, what are you turning on in your home? What are you entertaining in your home? My friend, my friend Dave Brown would ask you, what kind of angels do you entertain in your house? Do you entertain <laughs> the fallen angels or the... Well, all right. Romans 14 and 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify Another. So this is the second part of this, not just in your family, but even in the church. And I'm going to move on to faith and faithfulness. But peace is what you also speak to others. Brother Butler, it should be my mission to make sure that things between you and I are peaceful. And here's how I don't do that. If I have to keep peace between us by keeping distance between us. If I walk in and see that you're sitting on this side, <laughs> so I'm going to sit on that side. Now, there are situations where I'm just going to tell you that's not the right answer, but you might help us if you just. If it's going to either be a fist fight or a verbal assault or that, just pick a side. Just pick a side. But the result of peace is that I'm kindly affection one to another and I'm peaceful and peaceable. I bring peace. Let me tell you one of the worst ways to keep peace in a relationship. Every time, every time you tell me something, I'm ready to rebuttal. You know who you are. Every thought that's shared, you've got a scripture that's just a little better. <laughs> okay. Every story. 
how many know the one-up story people? Every time you tell a story, that ain't nothing. <laughs> Every time you share a thought, it's the one. Hey, if they share a good story with you, just let them have the win. Just say, wow, that's great. You don't have to one-up their story. Pastor Carson, this doesn't have anything to do with the Holy Ghost. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Because you, be you cannot be a holy person that lives in competition all the way down to the stories you tell. Well, I've never heard anybody teach on that. Well, get ready, because I'm not done. If you're the person that has to one-up everything that everybody else does, what you actually are is insecure and you don't have peace in your own heart. It's why you can't have peace with others. You can't have peace. We got a bunch of professors in the room for IBC, so I get to tell them, guess what? You can't all be the best teacher. <laughs> and there can be that pressure at times, that surveys coming out. Who was the, who, who, and, and Brother Gaddy, it's just kind of normal. No one wants to get the survey back, and it's like, well, I was terrible. I just, I, but the truth is, we're not in competition with each other. Brother Henderson, if you teach on leadership, hey, right before this, I asked Brother Henderson a question, a leadership question about uh, an event that I'm about to do. I said, let's talk about it, because I'm in peace with you. You make me better. Brother Gallion and I sat in a meeting yesterday, and I asked him an opinion about something. So what, what do you think on this? Because I'm in peace with you. We're, we yield strength to one another. That's how harmony works. It's peaceful. The Holy Ghost doesn't put you in competition with your brother. It doesn't put you in contention with your sister. It brings unity. Does that make sense? So now let's talk about faith. How many know that without faith it's impossible to please God? So what's, what's the difference between having faith in God and having the fruit of the Spirit being on display through faith? Because I'm of the opinion it's one thing to have faith without the Holy Ghost that there is a God. But once you have the Holy Ghost, I believe that our faith is in a unique and even that supernatural place. Regardless of where you're at or what you believe or even maybe what you would think I believe, I want it to be on record. I believe He can do anything. Anything whether I scream about it or whisper about it. He can do anything. But my faith being on display is often played out through faithfulness. For millennia, the North Star has shined brightly, giving direction to land travelers, sailors, and pilots. When the South seems to look like North and the East seems to look like the West, many look for the North Star because they know they can trust it. People also have always enjoyed watching shooting stars. These bright stars seem to come out of nowhere. And anybody that's ever been that young man on the date and there's a shooting star, you know what you're wishing on. As quickly as they catch our attention, they fade, they burn out. Though they're beautiful, please catch this, they're beautiful, they're not dependable. They're not a compass like the North Star. The fruit of faith, faithfulness, trustworthiness, steadfastness, the character, 
This is meant to be the life of a believer. The Greek word for this, this fruit, pistis, is translated among other things as faith, belief, trusted. Those who are faithful are dependable. We can place our trust in them. How many believe that God is a God of His Word? Genuinely. Just wave at me if you think His Word is true. How many are thankful He's a God of His Word? This is, a, this is a, something that I often teach to young adults, but I want to teach to the whole congregation and ask you in the form of a question tonight. Brother Brown, if we believe that God is a God of His Word, don't you think He expects us full of His Spirit to be people of ours? He expects us to be people of our Word. If we're supposed to keep His Word, we're supposed to keep our Word. We're supposed to be true to what His Word tells us to do. Faith in Him, listen, faith in Him lived out being full of the Holy Ghost through the fruit of the Spirit is very important. Hebrews 11 is a chapter that honors those faithful saints of old by speaking, by speaking of their faith and their faithfulness. Catch this, paramount to our faithfulness is based on who our faith begins in. The root of faithfulness is faith in God. I think our faith and our peace are tied together. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's look at some examples. I want to wrap here with this faith talk. I want to go to the book of Matthew. So if you'll open there, we're going to walk through a few chapters. I want you to get a a pen out if you have it or if you're one of those or your digital app, however you do this. But I want to look at some scriptures in Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew 6 and then 8 and then 9 to get started here. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Men and women of God, I, I would speak to us tonight and tell us he holds tomorrow. He, I, I, uh, this is one of those times I feel like I got to speak in direct conflict of the atmosphere of our world. He holds tomorrow. No matter what comes or what goes, we've got to be careful to what gets in our mind because we are people of faith. But listen, if our faith fails, there's a reason I'm pairing these together. If my faith and if the fruit of the Spirit is not, if I'm not being a person of faith, how can I possibly be a person of peace? I'm worried about what's happening and what's coming. Did you read the news? There are some people that can handle reading the news. There might be some that you'd get off the stomach medicine if you'd get off the black and white. Quit letting other people that are not, please hear this, and I, don't, I, you, I know you need to be informed, but make sure people that are not full of the Holy Ghost are constantly stirring you up 
to live in a fearful state. And I'm, I'm going to tell, and I'm not apologetic about what I'm about to say at all. Please, for the love of everything righteous, don't listen or read the news before you've been in devotion. One of the worst things you can do for your spirit is to get up and start your day with their news and not his. It is one of the worst things you could possibly do for your peace and for your faith. If you, you recognize, right, that the media makes their living on hysteria. If there is a positive deed done tomorrow in Indianapolis, they will have to fight to get it in the paper. But if somebody is shot tonight, Come on, they peddle hysteria. And in our own nature, we are longing for it. You know, stay away from the inquiry. Careful. I would say it this way. Guard your sources. Matthew 8, 26. Over two chapters. And he saith unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose. What did he rebuke? What did he rebuke? The winds and the sea and there was a... Let me ask you a question. Were the winds and the sea bad? The winds and the sea were not bad even though that there was a cultural belief in the time that the sea had the ability to be while they pulled much substance from it. It had the the ability, and there's a lot of mythology tied to it in what the sea could be. When he rebuked the wind and the sea, the wind and the sea were the representation of the atmosphere change that had occurred, the thing he himself had designed. But they were so focused on the side effect of the atmosphere, it had taken their faith out of them. And if we're not careful, our faith can be depleted because not of what's really going on, but what we see being portrayed. That's why you've got to be careful that people in your life, I, I feel this so strong tonight. I did not plan to feel this as strong as I did, but I can't get away from it. That people in your life that are not full of the Holy Ghost are draining your peace and draining your faith. You've got to guard against that. Don't be so overwhelmed because the bills do and the money's not there. Don't be, you've got to be conscientious, but don't let the winds, don't let the sea, just Calm down for a second. I've stood in the hospital with multiple people today that in, in spite of their prognosis, that peace that was there, that faith in God that was there, you can listen to the storm or you can listen to the one who creates them. God, whatever I'm feeling so strong right now, I pray that you would speak peace and calm. I pray you'd silence the waves. I pray you would silence the sea. But God, let us be men and women of faith. I pray that in Jesus' name. Take another Step forward, chapter 9, verse 2. Behold, they brought unto him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. When he saw whose faith? 
their faith. I come back to faith and peace being together. My faith gets me to the place where I bring others to him. If you, you probably didn't get to witness this on Sunday, but we had one of our newer members on Sunday. They, it was in their heart to come pray another new individual through to the Holy Ghost right here, right in this place, right here. A newer member that many people might not even know their name stood right here and prayed with someone until they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here, right on this square of carpet. Why did it matter? The same as this place in the gospel. If I can help get them to Jesus. Come on, is our faith at that place? If we could get them to Jesus, everything else can be taken care of. Whether you've been in the church for five minutes or for the last 50 years, how many still believe that if we can keep our faith in Jesus and if we can get people to Jesus? And so our faith brings out that faithfulness. Look at the 22nd verse there. But Jesus turned him about when he saw her. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that very hour. In these two stories, you have a contradiction. You have a person that's carried by friends and you have someone that's ostracized by others. Jesus has the ability. Jesus has the ability to touch every person that wants touched. But he gives us the great example and asks really the question, are you the accuser of the brethren or are you the person that's helping getting them to Jesus through your faith? I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, I wanna be the person that's helping get people to Jesus because of my level of faith. Turn over just a little bit. Chapter 15. Let me read a couple more and I'll be done. Chapter 15, verse 28. 15 and 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Great is thy faith. How many know we used to sing that song unto the Lord? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. What was the next word? Morning by morning, new mercy I. All. Thy hand hath. Do you hear the cadence around the room, how some are singing stronger than others? It's a pretty great illustration of how we live our faith. I do that, I do that, tonight, I do that a lot, but I, I'm, I'm taking this moment to tell you the reason some people are not singing louder is because you don't have great faith in your ability to do it, not because you don't have the word. Many people in the room that knew the words to the song didn't sing it out loud because you weren't sure how you'd sound. To some of you, that was a gift you gave us. But to all of you, I would tell you this. You have the ability to trust that he is faithful. Morning by morning. What happens if you get a phone call in the middle of the night that wrecks your world? I'm going to tell you what it can't wreck. It cannot wreck his sovereignty. And it cannot wreck his ability. What, happened? what happens if you get that call tomorrow? It, I, Pastor, don't speak. That, that's negativity. Don't speak. No, 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 no. It's reality. We live it as a church week in and week out. 
I walk into rooms I don't want to walk into. Brother Williams, we deal with grief. We don't want to deal with this, but it's life and it's reality. So how could we even have a grief share? Because while we may walk in there, the Holy Ghost will walk into that room. And regardless of what words are spoken, regardless of what songs are sung, if the Holy Ghost, how can someone suffer great loss and still have faith? Because he's faithful. How can someone suffer a, a job loss or deal with debilitating uh, news? We, we've, got, we've got young families in here that have had to deal in the last year with reports that maybe not the church would even know about. And they've had to deal with complications with children and prognosis. And How can you be people of faith when you're challenged like that? Because he never leaves you. And he never forsakes you. I need some elder that's been in this a long time that would say, I found out through the ups and the downs, he's faithful. He's still good. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that we don't have real valleys. But if you can hold to your faith, I'm challenging somebody right now, not just hold to your faith, but the fruit of the Spirit means to have your faith on display. Please don't be the most silent Christian at your job. Please, please don't let somebody that doesn't even have full doctrine truth be the person that's louder about their Bible study than you are. Well, what's that have to do with it? It's your faith on display. Somebody brings a need to you. Look, I'm going to give you peace and hope. Speaking of faith, I'll give you faith. I'm stopping. He's been faithful. Faithful to me. I can remember, I can remember times of tragedy. Uh, I can remember times in the hospital with my own dad. I, I can remember, I can remember sitting in that room, wringing my hands, putting my hands on my head. If you've ever heard a, you've ever heard of him cutting through a hospital room, and I'm sorry, I know I've talked about the hospital a lot, but that's where I'm living today. Okay, it's where I'm living today, and I'm living, I'm living back through my own memories of life and the times where it thought that I don't know how we're going to get through this. In my moments of fear. Every pain, every tear, there's a God who's been faithful to me. <laughs> Has anybody found him to be faithful? The times I turned away, the times I would not pray, still, even then, he was faithful. Somebody needs to hear this. I want, you, I want you to just lift your hands across this room with me right now. and I feel like somebody might need to pray out loud and just remind yourself he has been faithful. Whew. He has been faithful. <laughs> oh, I feel something. I feel the Holy Ghost at work right now in this room. 
Somebody that walked in this room a little bit down, he's trying to build your faith back up right now.